0: Our viewpoint is, if this is oversharing, we're just gonna overshare. It's just such a better feeling if someone proactively reaches out instead of taking a reactive approach. You just don't feel important. You feel like you're just a number on a spreadsheet, which is the exact opposite of both how we feel about our customers and how we want them to feel, which is extremely valued.
1: Ready to talk logistics? How?
0: Can't be done.
1: figure out some logistics.
2: All right, welcome to another episode of Supply Chain Therapy. I am your host, Alex Kent, joined by my co-host, Michelle McNamara. Michelle, what's going on? How are we?
1: Doing well today. I am so excited for today's episode. We have a phenomenal guest today, John Roman, CEO of BattleBox and Carnivore Club. John definitely has quite the resume. After leading several successful sales orgs in telecom and software, he turned his attention to e-commerce. Once he heard that his college friend was launching a survival and out Door subscription box, as one does, he knew he had to be involved. While he began as an investor, the rapid growth of Battlebox facilitated him joining full-time as CMO and now CEO. John, thank you so much for joining us. How are you?
0: Good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here too.
1: Awesome. Well, this is supply chain therapy after all. So let's kick it off with a collective deep breath. We inhale and we exhale.
0: I'm so much better now. Thank you. <laughs>
1: That's what we're here for. All right, let's jump right in. Alex and I, we just love the drama. So I think we should start with something, you know, a little bit dramatic here. John, do you have any stories of hardships or challenges that you've had to overcome at, at BattleBox?
0: Yeah, I mean, to keep things on theme, you know, supply chain was a huge challenge for us in the, the latter part of 2020. Really, in, in the majority of 2021, it was this this. I hate to use the word new normal, but there was this new normal of what lead times look like, you know, once something is, is on the water or sitting outside Long Beach, you know, the expectations of, of it getting through and, and to our facility really changed. So it was, uh, it was a constant nightmare for about 18 months, which was funny because, When the pandemic happened and people were talking about supply chain issues, we weren't having any. And, you know, we went Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty well into the pandemic without thinking we were going to have one. And then all of a sudden we started feeling it towards the end of end of 2020. And then it was just it was Mm. just how it was after that.
2: What do you think, I mean, were you set up more for ongoing success at the beginning of 2020? I mean, I just remember and all of us do of the, the toilet paper nightmares, t- uh, paper towel nightmares. Were, were you just set up in a way that, that you didn't have that pain at, at the beginning and it, it caught up to you? Like, w- what kind of goes into that?
0: I don't necessarily think so. You know, we weren't working hmm. out as as far out ahead and aggressively as as we do now, um, as we were forced to because of, the supply chain issues. We we were working out based on, you know, what the time frames were pre COVID. And they were just still working. Yeah. They were working. And we were like, oh, we should plan out further ahead. But the reality is there wasn't a need to because the the turnaround times were remaining the same. So then they just stopped working and stopped being the same and, you know, 120 days wasn't 120 days anymore. 120 was was 180 or 210 or 240. So unfortunately and it wasn't like it was for all of our suppliers and vendors, right? Some for the most part went unscathed and 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 some didn't without any necessary rhyme or reason, at least from our end. I'm sure there were there were reasons. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it wasn't a problem until it was a problem.
1: Yeah, and, and for subscription boxes, what is nice is there is a lot That you can plan sort of the demand is expected and so that does make certain aspects of supply chain you know easier there are still certain challenges of course and maybe because we haven't talked about battle box yet maybe you can give a little bit of the spiel of what is battle box and then some of the challenges specifically
0: that you guys were facing sure so so battle box is is in the genre of mystery box so our consumers our customers do not know what they're receiving It's survival outdoor camping adventure gear, right? So anything from an axe to a tent to a cool fire starter to maybe some sort of flashlight device, it's everything in that gambit. But to what I stated at the beginning, it is mystery. And it's not mystery in the sense that you know, Michelle, you're a customer, Alex, you're a customer. You guys are gonna get the exact same box. Taking it a step further, so we do have tiers. So our basic, which is 35 a month up to our pro plus, that's 170 a month. And for both of those is plus sales tax plus shipping. So you might have a higher tier box, but you're gonna get everything from the lower tier boxes. Mm -hmm. So with certainty, you know, Michelle, you could be in a pro plus and Alex, you could be in the basic level, but you both are getting everything from the basic box. Taking it a step further, we're strategic with how we ship because we want all customers to get the box around the same time because of the surprise element. And because of that, Michelle, you're right. Like it's, there's some great parts of subscription because it's easier to forecast, but the reality is it's the amount we're ordering, no one has on the shelf for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. So these are typically custom manufactured runs. So when you start running into supply chain issues it's a major issue right because you're only as strong as your weakest link and if we're missing an item that's in the basic box that means we can't build basic advanced pro or pro plus in turn we can't build any boxes so Mm. at that point it's a larger problem we're basically halted we can't do anything at all until that one item gets there
1: Quick aside, you mentioned Axe. What have been some of the most exciting products, the ones that have been the most popular over the years? Is Axe one of them? That's wild.
0: (laughs) Axe, we've sent out a couple of axes. We actually just sent out an axe last month, which we've we've sent out a few. We've sent out a couple single-man tents. We've sent out a two-man tent, which from a a shipping logistical side of the house, (laughs) I'm sure... Yeah, I'm sure operations didn't, didn't appreciate that one too much. It's, uh, shipping costs alone would, would have been a good reason not to, not to like it. Twice we've sent out a takedown bow. So think like, you know, Robin Hood bow and arrow, but, oh um, God. a takedown bow where it's, it's, it's quickly, it's very small and compact. And then you build it. Um, we've sent out a couple of those. Those have done really well. Yeah. I mean, there's typically at least one, like some sort of exciting item each month
1: that's awesome i might not share this episode with my husband because i'm not sure we might you, <laughs> be your next customer i'm already um, thinking
2: about it like if i got a if i got an, a bow and maybe some arrows in a mystery box that's like christmas in
0: totally. february
2: or march for me that'd be awesome
0: love it and, and you see that right you see people yeah literally adults kid in the candy store they're sending us dropping his photos they're in the backyard and yes. i mean the box couldn't have been delivered 10 minutes earlier oh
2: <sighs> Yeah. I mean, I know, I know we were going to talk to you on this a little bit later, but talk about that customer experience and how important that is, not only for your brand to continue to grow in that unboxing experience, but all the work that goes into it and curating that box and then having that so that they are surprised. They're, get, they're all getting it the same day, right? How important is that to, to Battlebox?
0: So it's, it's one of the most important things. So, you know, on the prep call, we were talking about content and community. So these are two pillars that we really lead by. And there's not a, a part of the business that that we make a decision on that doesn't take both of those into consideration. And a big part of community, besides the obvious piece, is is this Facebook group where it's a members only perk. So you have to be an active subscriber to be in there. Not all not all customers are in there, but we have a decent amount. I think last count probably somewhere in the eight thousand or so, nice. eighty five hundred maybe of our active subscribers are in there, and it it truly functions like a community right the cool thing is it it runs without us there Mm -hmm. it just literally is taking these like-minded people people that love the great outdoors love to get outside whether it's you know going on a hike or actually camping it's it's the full range and you know they're just there's they're foraging friendships in there which is pretty cool um whether it's trading maybe people are trading some battle box items maybe they're trading items Mm -hmm. that they bought on their own um or they're scheduling meetups or just sharing best practices. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. And it's, it's honestly a little contagious from like an energy level to like watch it in motion. But I say all that to, to get back to your question. It's, it's of the utmost importance. So there's, there's this value statement of the battle box product. And yeah, so you're in the pro plus, you're paying, you know, call 170 a month plus sales tax shipping. Depending on your state you're probably somewhere right around 200 dollars. and yes you're likely going to get you know call it 350 dollars worth of gear if you were to mm-hmm. you know buy it on your own and mm-hmm. that's a huge value statement but we don't we don't really sell on that we don't position that that's to us icing on the cake we're really positioning the our product as an experience right um it's less about the products it's more about Uh, about the experience, about the community, about the content, about the the fact that we're, our entire team is in that Facebook group and readily available and functioning almost as extended family than someone sending you an X.
2: Yeah. So kind of going back because of the content and community piece, knowing that you are going to have delays for future boxes, how do you approach that to continue with that kind of, you know, the importance of the community and, and you, I'll call them your fans, the, the battle box members that are, are looking forward to that box.
0: Quite simply, radical transparency, right? So, you know, one of the fortunate things trying to find silver linings in the last few years of COVID, the whole delays and shipments, everybody was feeling it. By the time we were feeling it, it was extremely normalized. And really the litmus test on how normalized something is in today's culture is, Are there memes about it? And (laughs) there were, there were memes about it at that time, right? It was talked about in, in, in most media sources. So it was understood. And with it being understood, the, the gap of having to educate the consumer was extremely abridged and shortened. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, we're just going to tell them exactly what's happening. Mm. Like, you know, some could argue. Are we oversharing? And, and our viewpoint is, well, we're, if this is oversharing, we're just going to overshare. And, you know, we hope that this connection, this community that we have will appreciate that we're just, we're just, um, we're just keeping it 100 and we're just telling them how it is. <laughs> and, and we did that, right? We said, Hey, you know, we're waiting on this one item. We don't want to ruin it for you, but it, maybe we'll give some kind of slight teaser to it. But, um, it was supposed to be off this boat three weeks ago. And it's still sitting at port. It's been sitting at port for the past three weeks. And we're hearing that it might be another week. And we'd give them kind of the breakdown of when we're expecting it. And then, you know, holding ourselves accountable a little bit in the Mm -hmm. sense that, okay, we'll be providing an update either as soon as we have another one or within the next week before and even now having something come late was, you know, the exception, not the rule. It had completely flip flopped and. It was the exception that everything was going to come in on time for for such a long stint. As a consumer myself, it like
2: that's what I would look for too. If something's going to be delayed, don't let me don't make me go and reach out and say, "Where's my package?" Right? Well, like, did you forget about me? What what's going on here? It's more like if you can get in front of it, I'm going to be like, okay. I get it. And maybe that's because I'm in the industry, but I, I think a lot of consumers are like that and just being proactive and that radical transparency as you were saying is is important not only for the brand, but it saves you that customer service call that, you know, you're having to take and then track down an order too. If you're just proactive and say, Hey, we're gonna have delays, I'm not making that call, right?
0: Yeah, and I don't I don't think it's because you're in the industry or or we're in the industry. I think <laughs> it's it's us wearing the hat as the consumer, right? And it's just such a better feeling if someone proactively reaches out. Instead of reactively answer, oh yeah, we're having delays. Like you just don't feel important. You feel minimized. You feel like you're just a number on a spreadsheet, which is like the exact opposite of of both how we feel about our customers and to how we want them to feel. Because we actually want them to feel how we feel about them, which is extremely valued. And that is just, nothing says you're not valued more than taking a reactive approach, right? It's like, It's the same can be said, like, when we're on the other side of the business and we're looking at, um, you know, vendors and tech partners and partners that we use, (laughs) it's going to go wrong, right? (laughs) The question is, how do you respond to it? And how do you take it to resolution? How do you communicate that? That's where the separation is. And um, yeah, I guess we we got it right when we decided to take that approach.
1: Yeah, I think content community that does really, I think, Like the bottom layer of that is showing that you care. You care about them. So you want to build that community and you want to communicate effectively with them. I think that Battlebox is truly differentiated with their content and community. A lot of brands say that that's important, but I think you guys really do some best in class work. Can we talk a little bit first around how you tie in content and community into the supply chain process, the delivery process, like that piece?
0: Sure, so so you know our our procurement process of products is is a constantly evolving constantly getting better and stronger <laughs> self-learning if you will process sure, yeah. well, learning from our mistakes and and through that process we've, we've built in easy ways to check a couple boxes one for the procurement process but two get content so we have these these multiple funnels of how we source new product And it's from the suspects you would think, vendors, manufacturers that want to be in our box, internal procurement team, things that they find, things that employees find. But, you know, big surprise, our largest funnel is what customers are telling us they want. So Mm -hmm. regardless of what funnel it comes in, it eventually gets to the point where we need samples to to see if this product is going to check the boxes and ultimately get the battle box sample approval because once we put in a product we're kind of put it in a box we're kind of standing behind that product to a certain degree it it doesn't matter that we didn't make it you know we're saying this is good enough to for us so we're sending it to you so it's got to it's got to be of a certain standard so in that process of us getting the products and testing them you know part of if if anybody listening to this has, has seen the Netflix show of ours, the whole premise is we're testing gear to determine if it goes in a battle box. Well, this is actually, you know, how the sausage is made. This is how how we're doing it. <laughs> so product comes in and Brandon Kerr Curran, the, the face of battle box, he goes and he tests the gear. And at the same time of testing the gear, big surprise, we're filming it. And it, it serves so much so many purposes right one it's giving us content two it's easily shareable by him to the rest of the the procurement team that makes the decision on if a product is going to make it to the next step um three you know sometimes we'll not be sure of a product like we feel good about it but we're not like all in on it so we'll share a snippet of that content to to our customers and we'll very open-ended what do you guys think should this go in a battle box and surprisingly, they tell us their opinion and if, if they like it or not. And if we get a lot of blowback and a lot of comments and engagement that are negative, okay, well, they've kind of answered it for us. It doesn't make it to the next step. We were a little bit on the fence. Now we know with certainty.
1: Excellent. All right. Now don't think I forgot about the Netflix show. I really want to get into it now. Okay. Um so, I just
0: nonchalantly dropped it a moment ago. Yeah. Yeah, right?
1: No big deal. Oh yeah, no, that no Netflix, Netflix show. Again. Sorry, yeah. I forgot. So let's talk about it. I mean, supply chain, of course. So I am kind of curious. How did you prepare for the
0: inevitable influx of orders? What did that process look like? A complete and utter nightmare. <laughs> Lucky oh, no. we 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 threw a dart at a number, and apparently we had played darts before. And <laughs> if you if you played darts before, or even if you haven't, occasionally you get a bullseye and. We somehow nailed the number. So it was really, really difficult, right? So there was the, the obvious piece of concern because so we had a July airing. Um, so really we're having to make decisions on these products of this uptick. We're having to make those decisions, um, arguably around the time of, of March where, where the <laughs> pandemic is really just hyper hockey stick up of yeah. uncertainty and, and scariness. And yeah, that that was a design, time to make that decision on products to take it a step further. There was no use case of what to expect, right? You had people, everybody loved to give an opinion on what, <laughs> what they thought the number would be. The fundamental problem is when you asked any of them, well, how are you coming up with this? no one had an answer no one had a data point <laughs> they could they could point to so it was literally just a bunch of best guesses and you could say educated guesses but were they so the the show in its premise is testing gear to determine if it goes in battle box so it truly functions like a commercial for us but obviously it's right. m- you know spoofed up a little bit for TV yeah. entertaining has That's to have awesome. entertainment value but i mean the the premise is still there so the reality is it's still a commercial for us of us testing gear to determine if it goes in a battle box which guess what you can buy at battlebox.com um and everybody is wearing battle box shirts so it's it serves its purpose so we knew there was going to be an uptick but we had never seen something like this previously the best closest thing to a case study which i'll explain why it isn't was duck dynasty where they had mm-hmm. that duck call business that completely yeah. blew up, but yeah. that was traditional television, right? Mm-hmm. So every Wednesday <laughs> it, it came on, but it was one episode. And, you know, I don't know how many seasons, how many episodes are in a season, but, you know, somewhere in the 10 to 20 range, right? And it was the slow build, right? Mm-hmm. Um, while the Netflix model is, especially during July of 2020, um, which was coming off of, the phenomenon of uh Tiger King that apparently yeah. everybody watched mm-hmm. um it was this this binge this 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 binge phenomenon where you're going to watch our show if you're going to watch it you're likely going to eight episodes 30 minutes each just on a big time commitment right you're going to binge through that in in likely a couple nights some people will 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 knock it out in one most will knock it out in two to four and then it's done right you're moving on to the next thing you can binge. So there wasn't this case study of a way to see what a quick ingestion of that type of show does. Yes. So there was no way to really measure it. You could take, okay, well, what did Duck Dynasty do in its entire full season? But it's still not apples to apples. Right. So long story short, we just try to make an educated guess. But at the same time, we put some new process in place to limit, limit the risk. So previously you signed up for a battle box subscription and we had switched different models. At one point, there was a welcome box that you would get for your first month. We had pivoted away from that and you were just getting the current box. And we decided to put something in place where post checkout, after purchase, thanking them on the, the confirmation page was a choose your first battle box. And these were three options, which we still use today, that we can dynamically change in, in real time based on inventory levels, customer experience, whatever variable it is, change it. And then, you know, Michelle, you check out 10 seconds from now, you're seeing this new option. We knew that if we missed the number too, by, by too much, that we could use this to kind of alleviate that issue. We got lucky and we didn't. We didn't need to, but it but it was a great tool to have, kind of in case of emergency.
1: Yeah, that's that's super interesting. I mean, I do think the old way was build the community first, then monetize, like the D- Duck Dynasty example. And you're really building a case study around create the community and monetize and build that product at the same time. Because right now we're in this stage of. You know, you have their attention now. You need to capitalize on it because tomorrow they're going to be on to the next thing. You need to be kind of ready in that moment. That's super cool. Let's circle back to supply chain for subscription boxes. Um, One of the key pieces is having a consistent customer experience across every box. And can you talk a little bit about how you ensure that consistency and that ultimate customer experience?
0: Yeah, so... It's not easy, right? I think we always obviously have to lead and and take that into consideration, but we're constantly remeasuring it, right? Mm -hmm. I think the best way, and this is a generalized answer by design, Cause I think a generalized answer is best here for whatever specific brand, you know, you have and you're managing and you're trying to provide a good customer experience. That customer experience piece is always going to be slightly different, right? It's going to be something that actually speaks to your audience. That's, that's the given. And that's the variable that's different. What should always be the same is remeasuring and how do you remeasure, right? Talk to your customers, get mm-hmm. feedback, whether it's via surveys, doing small case studies where it seems crazy and you can argue it's inefficient, but picking up the phone and, and calling hmm. some customers and and just talking to them, right? You'll be shocked at what how much that means, right? Like put yourself in the flip side, like Alex was saying, as a consumer, I like proactive. Can you imagine a company calling you and like genuinely wanting to know, how can we do a better job? How can we continue to earn your business every month or insert frequency here? Um, and caring, right? One, you've probably gotten that customer now. Their LTV, I don't have the data to support this, but I can make the <laughs> assumption that their LTV just shot up, right? Like yeah. they are, if they weren't a fanatic before, the likelihood of them moving to fanatic status is, is exponentially increased. But also they're giving you their hard earned dollars. They likely have an opinion on on what a superior or better product or a way we can improve is and just ask them and you know not all answers are going to be great answers but if you talk to enough people you're going to start to see trends and you're going to start to see feedback that is mirrored on multiple conversations and that's when you start putting together the pieces of the puzzle you're going to see these these things that are similar and that's how you improve, right? It sounds crazy. Just listen to your customers. But the reality is so many so many brands don't, right? So many brands get in this really bad habit. And I don't think it's ever really even malicious. I think it's, you know, you're, you're in the weeds of the day-to-day of the business yeah. and you've got your blinders on, right? And you start thinking that you know what your customers want and need better than they do. And that is... 100% of the time incorrect, right? There's probably times where you're driving and you are you are in the zone and you are probably possibly close to what they want and knowing, but it's gonna be impossible to have blinders on, be in the business and have an exact pulse of, of what your consumers want. Biggest reason is consumer behavior is constantly changing. Like it's okay. it's never constant, right? It's always moving a little bit. So, yeah, it was a long answer. Listen to your customers is, is the short answer. That's that's fantastic advice.
1: Yeah, and it feels very authentic. Like you got to give an, a nod to BattleBox because if I think of other brands, if they were to call me up, it would feel very odd and out of the blue. But you guys involve your customer along the whole spectrum, right? They're part of procurement. To me, it seems like they feel as invested in BattleBox as you are. And so if you were to call up, they'd be like, heck, yeah, let me share you hear my feedback.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's a good point. So, you know, some brands, it might come across a little ingenuine, but it's just because it's it's what we were started on, right? You look yeah. at some some interesting parts. So Brandon Curran, the face of Battlebox, for the first 12 months plus, he was a paying customer of ours. Nice. With zero, literally, we didn't find him he found one of our Facebook ads or Instagram ads and signed up and was a paying customer. Um, wow. and he's the face of our brand. Uh, Luke, Luke runs our CX department. Luke was a paying customer. Um, wow. we did, uh, so we have in the Facebook group before that, it was a Reddit style bulletin board. We mm-hmm. have a group of moderators, right? And what we quickly found out is a lot of times our customers were jumping in when a question was asked from a prospect or a customer, we were finding these super, super awesome customers that were beating us to the punch on replying. And what we quickly realized is, hey, this is a great ally resource. At some point, let's keep them engaged. So stop charging them for the box, even the box for free. And in turn, they help moderate these groups for us, right? Mm -hmm. They know the product just as well as we do. And it's impressive and there's passion there.
2: I'm curious, John. you know obviously a lot of brands you know outside of battlebox I think a lot of brands will react to the negative feedback and in today's world you're more likely to I mean there's all kinds of studies out there that say you're more likely to post a negative review than a positive one so how do you approach that with Battlebox of maybe you're getting a negative review maybe you're not but you're a you're leading a different brand right and y- the squeaky wheel gets the grease is the saying, but how do you also focus on that customer that's, that's happy and you go to them and say, what are we doing right?
0: Yeah, so one, unfortunately, the squeaky wheel does get it sometimes. Um, they don't get all of it, right? So our resources are allocated appropriately where unfortunately, if you're super loud and whether you're right or wrong, everybody, one of the great things about the world is everybody has some sort of platform. To communicate, typically it's social media because mm-hmm. it's normally mm-hmm. not the happy customers that that go out of their way. That's right. And it's a priority. We actually, I sent a screenshot following up on one uh, earlier today. Just at, I was cu- pure curiosity on that, how mm-hmm. it was resolved. Um, so we do have to engage, and we we do engage. We don't we don't you know act like it doesn't exist. We yeah. go as yeah. fast as we can. Full on. Let's let's engage with this customer. Taking it to the other stuff. So we do a internal, it's an internal survey. Rate us one to 10. They're getting this after their first box with us. And how likely are you to refer us to somebody else? And, you know, that's the real limits test, right? And following, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. So nine and 10, it's considered a promoter or fan or fanatic, depending on how you're looking at this. Uh, six to seven, that's considered neutral. And then anything below that one through five is a detractor or a negative or uh, a missed, missed opportunity. Um, we, we dropped the ball somewhere there, right? If they, mm-hmm. if, if they gave us between a one and a five out of 10, something went wrong, right? We didn't set proper expectations. It wasn't a good experience. Bad shipping stuff could be outside of our control. It doesn't matter. It's still our fault. So we do that internal survey. And if they give us, Um, any five or less, it automatically kicks a ticket over to our CS team. They then investigate, try to figure out how do we how do we turn this customer around. Sometimes reach out makes sense and we can resolve it. Sometimes it's already a lost cause, and we're going to follow up anyway and just hope that it 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 pans out. Nine to ten is promoter, right? These people we we crushed it, so we let them know. You know, while the fire's hot and they're they're a fanatic all the places they can share their story and, and tell tell others about battle box um in addition to that we're gonna tell them about uh our referral program and our battle bucks loyalty program um we have a uh brand ambassador program which is which is pretty cool that you know runs parallel it's similar to like our affiliate and our influencer programs but it's, it's more for the the paying customer the customer that you know doesn't have 10,000, 50,000 or 100,000 or a million followers. It's the, the average, average person, right? You might have 200 or you might have a thousand. Um, but it gives them the ammunition and assets they need where they can, they can share it on their own social profiles. Um, so we're really just making sure that when someone is a big fan, that we give them all the tools necessary so that they're comfortable sharing with their community why they like Battlebox.
1: That's great.
2: All right. Well, wrapping up here with John Roman. John, let's get into uh, the speed round. I got to know what other subscription boxes do you subscribe to? Uh, None. None. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wasn't expecting that. Um,
0: are you, are you reading anything good right now? So typically I have an answer right now. The content I'm ingesting is very heavy on community content. Michelle, you had spoken to how, you know, our order of Businesses and revenue and content and community is your non-standard. I think it is the non-standard. And I think the other way is probably easier to replicate. And I'm interested in in how do we replicate this to, to grow both a mile Mm -hmm. wide and a mile deep. So right now what I'm, I'm, I'm listening to an insane amount of podcasts and ingesting a a large amount of YouTube content on both. I'm oftentimes going at like 1.5. X speed. Um, (laughs) but it's not what you're, what you would necessarily think. It's right now like a lot of Mr. Beast content. Um, a lot of, um, oh, they're accomplishing a very similar thing on a much smaller scale. Uh, the Nelk boys and the full send podcast, both of them and Mr. Beast. I'm ingesting a lot of it right now, just trying to better understand because for us to replicate it on that side, we need a better understand the terrain a little bit more before we kind of go into it. And that's our goal for 2023, is hire more full-time creators on our team. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to better understand that world before we kind of jump into it.
2: I love it. All right, last question here, John, what's uh, one thing you do to relax and unwind when when you're feeling stressed, when you're done
0: ingesting content? (laughs) Push-ups. Push-ups. So it's really strange. I do push-ups throughout the day. It started off as as I've gotten older, I, uh, I've started to have a, a back problem about it a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And finally, after a bunch of different failed ideas, the doctor said increasing your, your core strength. And because of a back issue, you can't do sit ups. Push ups was, was the answer. And I've somehow done daily push ups and it's like anti stress, working on core, personal goal. Um, it's weird. The power of doing push ups <laughs> every day somehow has changed me like, fundamentally and exponentially in the last year. I love it.
1: I think you've convinced me I might start doing push-ups. Love it.
0: <laughs> and and I'm I I'm super like dependent on people. If it's just me doing it, I'm I'm not going to do it. So I've created a text group with a couple other friends and we have to text each other when they're done. Um nice. each like for the accountability. If it doesn't hit the text group, it doesn't count, which is like silly and very childlike behavior, but it, it holds me accountable.
2: It's that community again. I love it. All right, John, thanks so much for the time today and coming on Supply Chain Therapy. Really appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks guys for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Supply Chain Therapy, a podcast brought to you by Stored. Make your supply chain a competitive advantage. Go to stored.com to learn more.